Welcome to Foolish Voices, a Company of Fools podcast. Company of Fools is a professional theater company based in Sun Valley, Idaho, and is a proud part of the Sun Valley Museum of Art. More information can be found online at svmoa.org. Welcome to Foolish Voices. I'm Scott Palmer, Producing Artistic Director of Company of Fools, and on this show we talk to a wide range of theater artists, both here in Sun Valley and all across the world, about how the current global health crisis is impacting their work, about their creative lives, and about their hopes for the future of our art form. Please consider supporting Company of Fools by making a donation in any amount via our podcast platform or online at svmoa.org. In this episode, we are talking to one of the most foolish of all the fools, Tess McKenna. Tess has had the pleasure to entertain audiences here at Company of Fools in Crimes of the Heart, Woody Guthrie's American Song, and Grey Gardens. Other professional performances include The Storm in the Barn, Lewiston Clarkston, and Hedwig and the Angry Inch with Boise Contemporary Theater, The Golden Girls Christmas Extravaganza with Ali Rep, Hamlet and Sweeney Todd the Demon Barber of Fleet Street with Shakespeareans and the Idaho Shakespeare Festival. She's also performed in numerous plays and musicals with Boise State University and the College of Southern Idaho. Welcome to Foolish Voices, Tess McKenna. Thank you. Thanks for having me. Of course. Uh, we couldn't do a podcast about the fools without including you. That would just be stupid. <laughs> yeah, the most foolish. <laughs> the most foolish of all the fools. How do you feel about that title? I think it's pretty accurate. I'm honored. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so where are you and how how are you doing? Yeah, I'm, in, I'm actually in Oregon right now in Sun River um, with my dear friend and his family they have a cabin up here that we've been able to kind of seclude ourselves in which is good in these crazy times we're living in um, but normally i'm in boise idaho and what are you doing to keep yourself entertained during the global pandemic oh my goodness um actually i've recently been trying to watch um award-winning movies that have always been on my list of like, oh, I've never seen Shawshank Redemption. And that seems like a crime. I'm going to finally watch it. That is a crime. It. How could know, you not I, have I, never I seen that? And I finally watched it and it was incredible. And I watched Anna Karenina with Keira Knightley and uh, Joe Wright's Anna Karenina. And, um, and last night finally saw Jojo Rabbit. Oh my God. Uh, it was so good. <laughs> <laughs> so, so like everyone else in these times of turbulence, you are turning to the arts for solace. Yeah, of course, it's yeah, it's what brings life to life. It's true. So, how how is this? How has the crisis sort of impacted you as an actor? Have you? Oof. Well, yeah. Um, so, I I've been working this year as both a stage manager and a performer um, for not only Company of Fools but for Boise Contemporary Theater as well. And the most recent show I was stage managing, Every Brilliant Thing by Duncan McMillan with Johnny, Johnny Donahoe. Um, we had to close a week early, which was very unfortunate. Um, uh, it, it was a one person, one hour show, uh, con sorry, talking about suicide and depression and divorce. And it was powerful and funny and a story absolutely worth telling and unfortunately we didn't get to tell it to a couple hundred people um so that that was 
devastating to have to close that show a week early. And then following that, just this last Monday, um, I was scheduled with Boise Contemporary Theater to perform in their next show, which was going to be a world premiere of a new musical written by Tom Ford and Alex Syke called The Show on the Roof. Um, a musical about Boise in 1955 and would have been a phenomenal story to tell our Boise audience some a little bit of queer history in Idaho and we had to cancel that show altogether. So I found out this last Monday that I was entirely out of a job from losing the last bit of every brilliant thing through May early May through May 9th. <laughs> so. Wow. And how, I mean, how are, how's BCT handling it? I mean, it sounds like they're doing basically what all the rest of us are doing, being thoughtful and smart about pushing things back and changing yes. schedules and all of that. Exactly. They, we, we stopped the show early for every brilliant thing and show on the roof is going to happen next season instead. So it basically means BCT has closed its doors now until um, October, essentially. So, um, with that being the case, they are all all of the employees at BCT are working from home. Employers, em, uh, employees are working from home to continue helping to flatten the curve and resist spreading this virus. It's fascinating. It's it is right, isn't it? Just bizarre and and yeah. weird and strange and sometimes wonderful and sometimes horrible. Yeah, the sometimes wonderful, I think, being how we're finding the arts community banding together through media and technology and and discovering different ways to share our stories with podcasts, with radio plays. And I think it's strangely finding some silver linings in all of this. Right. Yeah, I mean, I've been I've been having these been doing these podcasts for the last few days and and pretty much without exception every artist I talk to sort of says yes it's bad it's hard I've lost work I've lost gigs but there's always this sort of hopeful but come that comes next mm -hmm. which is about you know we're connected to our communities we're connected to our colleagues we have groups of artists that we're in touch with and and striving to find new ways of, of making sure that we tell those important stories to our audiences, keeping ourselves in, in sort of the front of their minds as much as possible. So can you, I mean, are, are there specific examples of, of folks that you know that are doing stuff like that, that you want to give a shout out to or? Oh, well, I, I guess I could say that the, the, our performer for the one person show, um, Christian Libinati is his name. He's one of the co-founders of Filament Theater in Chicago. They, they had a show, I, I couldn't tell you what the name was, but we were asking him what's next um, on the horizon for Filament. Um, they had to close down a show that they were running recently called Forts and their next production, they've, they're toying with the idea of turning it into a radio play. Um, so I, yeah, just a couple of uh, various artists that I know considering ways to still be sharing our stories with technology. Right. Yeah. Great. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll figure out what the link is for that theater company and we'll put it in the description of the podcast. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And we'll make sure that people know what's going on with BCT as well. So Definitely. you, you've done a lot of work with the fools. Um, mm -hmm. Tell me how you got introduced to company of fools. Yeah. I, um, amazingly, uh, John Glenn and 
uh, R.L. Rousey, they saw me perform at Boise State University, where I got my bachelor's in performance, um, in a show called The Light in the Piazza. And they seemed to enjoy my work. <laughs> so um, the costume designer for Grey Gardens that they had hired, they said, hey, we saw this person um, her name, my name at the time was Tess Worstel. We saw Tess Worstel perform. Do you think she'd be interested in being in Grey Gardens? And Darren Pufall, our costume designer for Grey Gardens, reached out to me, asked if I'd be interested. And John sent me the offer right away when I said, absolutely, absolutely, absolutely. <laughs> I'd love to. I had a few friends um, perform in Peter and the Starcatcher a couple of years prior. That was the first show I saw at Company of Fools. And I just loved it. I, I thought it was fantastic and knew that Company of Fools would be a, a place that I would defin definitely desperately want to work at and work with. So um, I instantly said yes and I got to perform in Grey Gardens um, and then uh, two years later, I think it was, I performed in um, Woody Guthrie's American Song and then followed that uh, this last summer with Crimes of the Heart, directed by you. That was me. I remember <laughs> you. you. You were real good. Thanks. <laughs> that was me. That was me. Uh, and then you also, you stage managed a show for yes, us I too, did. didn't you? Most recently, this just this last Christmas, we did Christmas at Pemberley, Miss Bennett's Christmas Miss, at Pemberley. Yeah. Um, and got to stage manage that for the first time under the pro guidance of KO, it's true. Um, the resident stage manager at Company of Fools. Yeah. Couldn't have done it without her. Um, yeah, it was a it, pleasure. And and I can't I just can't tell you how great it has been to have you as part of my first season here. Um it it's it's a it's both a great opportunity to have someone with your vast experience and background, your connection to the company, but also you're just you're just real fun and funny. <laughs> I like you a lot. Oh, thank you. <laughs> sure. And I haven't said that to every single person I've been on a podcast with. I just sure want you to you know. Haven't. I have not. <laughs> Maybe five of the seven have heard something like that from me, but you are still in the five. Oh, uh, that's good. <laughs> I feel the same about you. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks. I swear I haven't told that to all of the podcast interviews I've had. <laughs> I'm going to have to go through and listen to your entire collection of podcasts. Yeah, what What is it about? What is it about the fools? I mean, what is it about Company of Fools that that feels like it was a place you wanted to desperately work? Oh, absolutely! Because they're a family, the fool family. Um, I I love working with people who are interested in creating relationships within our community of performers, that it's not just a job. You're not just coming in to memorize your lines and be this character, go to rehearsal, do your thing, and then go back to your housing or your home after a rehearsal and, and just be done with it. We, we get together and we have, you know, for Miss Bennett Christmas at Pemberley, we had Thanksgiving together and we, we, have drinks after rehearsals and we talk about the show itself and we talk about other art that is happening around us or that we're interested in. It's just a family. It really feels like a family. It's why I love working for Company of Fools. And I could see that when I first saw Peter and the Starcatcher, my friends who were in it just fell in love with Company of Fools and with Haley, Idaho, that it's this weird magical place that kind of grabs people. 
uh, yeah, it's just family. It's just family. It's just family. That's okay. A good one too. And like a good a really one. Interesting, weird, fun family. <laughs> there are a bunch of weirdos in this family. Yeah. That is completely true. In the so, best way. In the best way. I I I want you to tell me about the Golden Girls Christmas extravaganza. <laughs> Explain to our listeners yeah. what what that is and why you did it and what 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 is that all about. Oh, it was great. So it was at Alley Repertory Theater, which is in Boise. Um, we, it, it's two Christmas episodes of the Golden Girls um, performed in drag. Um, and then I was the uh, musical entertainment through the night. So we, it, it wasn't just performing the episode straight through. We actually had commercials in scene changes. And I was the... Um, the pianist who was playing the different jingles like my buddy and uh rainier beer and <laughs> random <laughs> it was so much fun and then at intermission um our drag performers who were playing the golden girls had little cabaret acts where we were they were singing santa baby and um performing as judy garland singing um chestnuts roasting on an open fire with uh, the christmas song right i think that's called the christmas song um, yeah, it's just, it's just a goofy, goofy night that, uh, Alley Rep has done twice now, I think. Um, and it was just a blast. The audiences loved it. It's hilarious because Golden Girls is hilarious. And then you add in the element of it being live theater and it's tops. And, and then, then it's drag queens. And which, drag queens. You know, what yeah. could possibly be better at Christmas time than drag queens. Exactly. It's true. It's true. <laughs> So I'm interested in just what you've, what, what we sort of started talking a little bit about a few minutes ago, just about what your, what, what this moment in our lives as artists and theater professionals and makers, like what, what is this brought up for you just in terms of what you think might happen to the future of our art form? Yeah, I, honestly, it's brought up a lot of anxiety and, and fear. I, I'm hopeful for the technological advances that we might have as theater artists, but I'm also just devastated by the inability to, to get together and have live theater at this time. I know that we'll be back, but when is the question and having that, you know, we're, we're theater artists. So we always have this level of unknown. Oh, I'm, I'm working this gig, this gig, and this gig, but after that, who knows? I have to do all these auditions. I need to do interviews to see if I'll be performing again. There's always that level, but this kind of expands beyond into this world of, oh, I, even when I do have these gigs, they're suddenly taken from me. <laughs> and, and how do I survive now? My, uh, you know, for me as an equity actor, I, uh, by working in equity theater gigs, I'm able to build up points to then have health insurance. And now the possibility of health insurance for next year is on the line due to the fact that I've lost out on eight weeks of potential um, points towards health insurance. And you, you need 19 for a year's worth of health insurance. So it's yeah, it's kind of a scary world that we're living in right now. But again, I'm very hopeful for maybe radio plays. Maybe 
I don't know, maybe company of company of fools can do radio plays now. And was that something they've done before? I don't know. You know, I don't, I don't think so. That is certainly something that we've been talking about. I mean, again, it's like you say, you know, the, the, the circumstances are changing daily, hour by hour, minute by minute. And, and, you know, originally here in the Valley, we were going to be on sort of shelter in place orders until the 13th. Mm-hmm. That's now been pushed back to the 20th of April. Um, you know, there's questions about whether or not schools are going to go back in session or just close for the year. Um, you know, and so there, there's like you, we all sort of go, well, what do we do? Do we, do we start diving into new ways of entertaining and engaging with our community, like radio plays, podcasts, online rehearsed readings, like how are we, or, or do we just sort of wait and, and wait for a couple of weeks and see if things are going to get better and we just kind of go back to regular, regular programming. I mean, I think I, I'm, I'm fascinated by, uh, by what it means for us as theater artists to take this time to really think about our industry and our art form, right? Like I am, yes. I'm, I'm horrified at the idea that you as a remarkably gifted and incredibly well-trained and very experienced performer could be looking at, you know, the loss of your health insurance as a result of us as an industry, not being able to, being able to provide you work. So, you know, what, what can we do as a, as an industry and as an art form to start rethinking how theater works? Yeah, yeah. And what it means to be a theater artist in a professional setting, what are the guidelines that have to allow you to gain those weeks for health insurance? Like, could could we be working remotely from home as well? Could I be having rehearsal with you talking about a play, talking about my character, you know, working through scenes digitally without having to fly in. Like, oh, and what could that mean for theater artists or theater companies? Like if you were able to have online digital rehearsals for the first week of of table work and character work rather than the one-on-one in person, you could save a week of housing. You could shorten the span of time in which the actors are needing to be away from their hometowns if they're being flown in? How could that adjust the way that we do rehearsals in the first place or have our live um, in-person work? Yeah, I I mean, I think think these are all, I think these are all incredibly important conversations to have. I mean, I think, you know, uh, you you as a performer, but also as a stage manager and as someone who knows both the sort of management side as well as the artistic side, I mean, these are the kinds of questions that we have are going to have to grapple with, right? Yeah. Um, you know, for Company of Fools, uh, we've had to completely change our summer rep. We were planning on announcing, you know, this return to the kind of history of the Fools of doing three shows in rotation. And we were going to be bringing in, you know, a dozen or so artists from outside of the state to come into the Valley for a period of about eight weeks and, and do these three shows in rep. And now as a result of this, we've sort of had to go back to 
we're still planning to do a three show summer rep, but it's going to be smaller casts, mm-hmm. only local artists so that we can avoid the financial risk of having to pay for flights and housing for yeah. artists from outside of town. Um, because we, you know, we're going to move forward as if this summer is going to happen and we believe it will, and it'll be fantastic. But Absolutely. what if, what if we had to push back for two months because schools weren't open again, or, or there was a resurgence of the virus. So you know, the, the limitations that we're having to put on ourselves financially have an impact on the kinds of work we can produce. And I think hearing you talk about, you know, what what if we did do a, a first week of rehearsals online? You know, I've, I have done nothing but be on Zoom meetings for the last yeah. week, <laughs> um, you know, and, and there, you know, as long as we can stop people from, from you know, having their phones go off or somebody was telling me yesterday that they were on a zoom meeting with 35 people and one of the one of the people on the zoom call their dog started barking and every other dog in every other house with every other zoom participant (laughs) also started barking and it took 10 minutes to kind of get all the dogs calmed down right which i would pay to watch that i think that would be hilarious hilarious. but i I think think there are some i think i think you're right i think you know we have to start being thoughtful um, mm-hmm. about what what systems are in place within our industry that are making it hard for us to survive. Um, yeah. Are we spending our money wisely? Are there other easier ways that um, that allow us to to be penny wise, uh, but at the same time still allow us to develop relationships with artists that are not living in our community? Right. Yeah. Exactly. And the scary flip side of that coin is. Although, on one hand, um, your your rep has had to change, and there's this silver lining of oh, your local artists are getting to perform um, when they potentially weren't previously with how the rep was going to be laid out this summer. That's fantastic! Hooray for these local artists; they get to be involved, and especially when Blaine County right now is is. A hot spot for this virus. I'm sure a lot of people are scared and having a lot of anxiety from this and getting to have a theatrical outlet for myself as a performer is necessary for my sanity, <laughs> just, right. you know, for my happiness, for my overall happiness. So the local artists, it's a boost for them and that's fantastic. But what about all of the actors who now are out of a job because the season had to change? Right. How about all of those out of town people who are absolutely talented and worthwhile and need equity points for health insurance and need a gig because this is our livelihood and are now out of a job. It's so hard. It's either way you look, it's, it's just difficult. Yeah. It's just it is. a difficult time. I mean, what's, what's your hope? What do you hope happens as a result of this? Hmm. Gosh, I hope. I hope that we can, um, sorry, I just got distracted by something, um, by some talking that I'm hearing that I'm hoping you can't pick up in the microphone. It's fine. Um, as long as they're not talking about me, I don't care. Exactly. Great. <laughs> <laughs> um, I'm hoping that we can find ways through, whether it be professional or non-professional theater, to be able to, to bring awareness of the value of theater and art and performance to the masses that I just have this dreadful feeling most most humans 
don't appreciate, even though here we are turning into this time of shelter in place, self-quarantine, and what is it that most people are doing? They're listening to music, they're watching TV, they're watching movies, they're watching YouTube performances. Broadway is sharing performances online so that people can have entertainment and art in their lives. We are important. We are valued in society. And maybe this will boost that awareness a little bit. Yeah, I agree. I mean, I think it's been remarkable people that I never in a million years would have thought, you know, people in my family that are just not big theater fans or they're, you know, they're not people that I would consider to be very interested in the arts. You know, I'm hearing them say, oh, I'm watching, I'm, I'm binging an entire season of this, of this show on Netflix, or I've decided that this is my time to go back and start reading Jane Austen again. And, you know, and I just, and I, I keep wanting to sort of pound on the Facebook keys and say, they're artists. Those people are artists. You don't forget that you're turning to the arts in exactly. this difficult time to not only take your mind off of the circumstances that we're all living in, because we all know that the arts provide an escape from some of that stuff, mm-hmm. but these are opportunities to, you know, enrich your lives and expand your world. And, and uh, yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it's one of my great hopes for this moment too, is that people remember where did you turn in your darkest times for solace and for comfort. It was to the artists. Um, And don't forget us when this is over, right? Remember us us as we we move through this. And how can you turn to us in live settings? If you found yourself listening to a lot of music, start going to concerts more. You know, once we're able to be in in public spaces again, you know, attend concerts, attend theater, go out into the world and see it live. And give us your money because we need it. Yes, we so need we can hire So we can hire <laughs> people like you so that you don't lose your health insurance, for example, exactly. just yeah. as an there example. Yeah. <laughs> just, just as a little, just as a little, little example. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I am, I'm at least a little bit pleased that you are, you're, you're going to be in the Valley hanging out this summer, right? You're going to be yeah, yeah. I just I just got a job um, working at Redfish Lake Lodge as their store manager that I'm very excited for. So I'll be in the valley um, just about an hour and a half north of you, but you just bet a, I'll be coming down to Just a stone's throw away just from the Liberty throw. Theater. Mm-hmm. Well, good. Down. I'm really excited that we get to hang out with you and, and maybe that will be a good reason for Brian and I to finally get up to Redfish. And you haven't been to Redfish yet? No, I've been very busy, Tess. What are you guys doing? <laughs> well, I'm tr- currently trying to manage a theater in the midst of a global pandemic. How about oh, that? Is oh, that yeah, enough? I forgot. Yeah, that's, that's more than enough. <laughs> well, you're hanging out in somebody's cabin in Sun River. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. I, and I've got it easy. I am very lucky to be here. There's not a an ounce of me that is not grateful. Um <laughs> but so many of my friends are in Boise, stuck, just completely isolating themselves in this crazy, crazy world we're in. And same with Haley, same with all of you. Yeah. Uh, yeah and we're, like, we are people people. We are people people. <laughs> that's, the, that's the other hard thing about performers and artists. <laughs> we need people. <laughs> it's true. I need someone to tell me I'm pretty and uh, yes, that I'm smart. Exactly. I, and my husband is done <laughs> telling me that. I, I walk into his office every couple hours and go, am I valuable? He's like, go talk to your <laughs> actor friends. Yeah. <laughs> 
Yeah, I hear you. Well, I I am, for one, very grateful that you've taken time out of your respite in Sun River to spend some time talking with us on Foolish Voices. I miss your face. I miss you. One of my favorites. I'm really glad that you're doing well and that you're healthy. Um, And I am looking forward to getting some time to hang out with you this summer when you come back. Me too. I can't wait. Uh, Sun Valley is just home you know it's it's the it's the place right yeah it's the place it's, it's heaven on earth well in this episode we have been talking to one of the most foolish of all the fools the lovely the delightful the talented tess mckenna tess performed with company of fools in a variety of capacities as an artist in crimes of the heart woody guthrie's american song in gray gardens and she was also given the horrific job of being my stage manager miss <laughs> ben christmas at pemberley uh, it is. Nightmare. It was a nightmare. I know. I'm. <laughs> I am a nightmare. It's true. Uh, thank you for joining us for Foolish Voices. Please consider supporting Company of Fools by making a donation in any amount via our podcast platform or online at our parent organization, the Sun Valley Museum of Art, at svmoa.org. Thank you so much for joining us today, Tess McKenna. Thank you, Scott. We'll talk to you soon. Okay. Absolutely. Okay. <laughs>